What's going on, you guys? Welcome to the inaugural Coach Johan's Ego Killer. I'm Johan Francis, CSCS. This is a show where we tell stories about people that you know inside the gym. Because if there's one thing I know about you guys, you do a lot better once the ego's been defeated. So let's talk about it. This will be the first episode of the new format, Ego Killer. If you've listened to Heart of a Fighter before, you know that it's always been my intent to get to the heart of the matter of why you guys work out so hard, why I've met so many indelible great people inside the gym, and what keeps us moving. What is it about, are we addicted to working out? (laughs) Are we addicted to healing and feeling better? Are we not even addicted? Do we just enjoy the way it makes us feel and think, hey, if a little is good, then a ton is better. I want to get to the heart of the matter so that I can help as many of you as possible. So, you know me. I've met so many great people over these 18 years, and I have a lot of stories to tell. And it's my hope that by sharing the stories of, uh, you know, a man that I knew that I trained with who really was under the oppressive or so he thought, or, or, or kind of believed, oppressive thumb of, the, of working overtime, right, at big tech, and felt like him working out was an outlet, and how he got stronger, or someone else that I met that was really good at shaming other people into quitting certain actions, like smoking cigarettes or drinking a lot, right? I met her inside the gym, or someone else that I'll tell a story about soon who... I watched kind of drop or lose or kill her ego right in front of me inside the gym. It's almost as if the gym becomes a proving ground or a harrowing event that we invite ourselves to. We choose to go to the gym and work out hard, but it's almost like sometimes, at least for many of us, we're purging, right? We're purging poor habits. We're purging bad mindsets, deleterious or harmful behavior patterns. We're doing that inside the gym. It's almost like the place where we go to develop great habits. Of course, you could do the same thing with a psychologist or a counselor, whomever, right? Of course, again, that's not the only place where you go to talk to people, right? I feel like at a very colloquial or mainstream level, shy of getting a therapist, where maybe we don't have all those questions that that we need to answer by bouncing it off someone else. We just go to the gym, (laughs) right? You guys remember the movie Creed? Where Creed just accepted his fate that he's gonna fight, and Rocky's in the gym and pulls up on him, and he's smashing the bag, and Creed looks at Rocky and he goes, what are you doing doing here? And he goes, maybe you want to talk, right? Hitting the bag is kind of a cheap way to get a therapist. <laughs> Look, I don't want to make it super heavy and seem that every time you're inside the gym, we're purging some kind of big traumatic life event. That's just not the case. But we are trying to better ourselves. We are taking a moment to look at ourselves literally in the face through a mirror 
or through the looking glass or purview of that trainer or coach that's sitting there. In some cases, it's me. <laughs> and we're challenging ourselves. You can't tell me, you guys, that when you go to the gym and you're working really hard or getting stronger, that part of the goal, maybe not the whole thing, is getting better at least for that day or that week. I mean, that's the whole thing about it. And so I want this show to be an addendum to that. There is um, a, a link between everybody that I've ever met inside the gym, all right? You guys have something that you want to conquer. There's something you want to get over. It's clearest with addicts, okay? More than a few times, and again, I'm not saying that this is the only way, right? More than a few times, people who are highly addicted to substances and chemicals, cigarettes, or this, that, and the other, or it's something hard, prescription pills, whatever it might be, the first thing when we've discovered our addictive nature and the behaviors, right? The first step in physically rehabilitating and I don't mean making amends, apologizing, accepting. Those are things that happen internally. But the first kind of external thing after speaking to someone aloud, a friend, a family, a counselor, a lot of times it's getting back in the gym, isn't it? Think about someone you know that maybe had some type of addiction. doesn't have to be a super hardcore addiction. But think about that person that you know. One of the first things they did to rebuild all of their behaviors was jump back in the gym because there is structure inside the gym. There's a matrix. There's a goal set. There is uh, a series of cycles, periodization, wherein you can see results from the work that you put in. It's a very great place, whether it's populated or whether you're working out just on your own, virtually, whatever. It's a very great place to come face-to-face -face with your need with your need to form great physical habits. Those physical habits lead to better habits, eating, sleeping better, better hydration, right? <laughs> All the things that keep you alive, basically. It's almost like the gym is a reckoning for, oh, it's good to get a good night of rest. I didn't know that shit until now. <laughs> oh, wait. When I was out drinking until 4 a.m. and felt like shit the next day, I'm actually better performing if I don't do that five nights a week. <laughs> what happens if you take it a step further? Oh, wait, when I pay more attention to the needs of my body, I rehab injuries, I feel great. Okay, so this is what I want us to investigate. More on the show. Well, in doing that, we are confronted with a decision. We either stay the same or we change. This is why change is so special because it's binary, okay? That's just it. It's binary. You either do it or you don't. So much of the world is not binary. So much of the world is entropy, right? But change is not. It's binary, all right, you guys? You either do it or you don't. You can think back to a point of inflection where the trajectory of your life changed or shifted, okay? That was a change you made, and you can do it today. Think about the thing physically that you want to shift. 
you can start doing that today. And your behaviors from that moment will be different before and after. Okay. Hope I didn't lose you. Because I'm going to add something to it. There's this thing called the... Um, uh, it's a belief-centered approach to health. But I take it a step further. All right? So let me explain. The belief-centered approach means you want to feel better. It's just that simple. Left to your own devices, you want to survive, thrive, grow, perhaps procreate. You want to get a great job, say it with your chest, whatever. You have a pet. That pet doesn't want to have a horrible life, right? Your dog, the cat that you love, he or she wants to feel great. It is inhuman. It is within our genome to want to thrive. Very simple, okay? I take that a step further. I think left to our own devices, not only do we want to thrive, but we want to help others thrive. And we're very capable of doing it. Distractions abound. And because those distractions are all around us many of the time, be it what I think is the main one, which is a poor work-life balance, which leads to stress because it's the daily, right? When we get into those patterns and those distractions start to happen, we forget that we want to feel great. Instead, we take comfort in feeling these lugubrious feelings over time, all right? And we get used to that. Because we want to feel better, there's a reason that we fail to all the time. Look no further than addressing your ego. It's the ego. It's the ego that prevents us. It's your ego. It's my ego. It's her ego. It's his, right? Because it isn't just a max masculine or toxic masculine construct that buoys or puffs out the ego. The ego isn't this bombastic, masculine, Donald Trumpian energy all the time. It has many personifications within our life. We're going to talk about what they are. But more importantly, we're going to talk about beating it. Okay? We're going to talk about how to get around it. And that's what the show is going to be about. I'll tell a lot of stories about people that I've come up with inside the gym people that I've trained, people that I've met within the gym walls. I'll tell a lot of stories about them, and hopefully you guys can draw some parallels in your own life. I'm big on that. Every gym I've ever trained at, I've been big on making connections with other people. I had a very interesting connection one time. I had two PhDs, one who just finished, so she's considered like a postdoc, they call it, right? And then I had another one who was a doctoral student, and I had them link up briefly. The point is, you guys thrive, I thrive when I hear stories of other people doing it big, right? The more I train Muay Thai, the more I look for shows, Muay Thai shows, and I watch them, and I get a sense of what other people, how they train, how they move. And at the very least, it inspires me. I don't copy their movement patterns. That'd be impossible. But it tickles and rewards some part of my mind, my psyche. When you, maybe you're just getting into playing the bass or something. When you listen to a good bass riff, right? 
like that band Krugbin, for example, <laughs> and you listen to her and she's on the bass ripping, it inspires you at very least, you know? And um, inspiration's not at a premium. It always helps to find more of it. And that's what the show is going to be about. So I welcome you guys to the show, Ego Killer, where we're going to tell stories and you guys are going to derive some meaning. We're going to investigate that ego and we're going to talk about the moments in time where I saw people beat the ego. Beat the ego. Whether it's myself having to take more accountability in my ability or, or lack of ability, right, to meet my own standards, where I had to face my own ego, right? Or when you guys got to a new job and the job was way more demanding than you ever thought it would be and you're kind of jilted, you're like, yo, this is a ton of responsibility. I'm not sure I want the responsibility. I might have to just backpedal away from this opportunity. That's the ego talking. When you get upset because one of your bosses asks you to do way more work, right? You're on that salary payroll. You got way more work to do than you ever agreed to. It isn't in your job description, but it's job description adjacent. And rejecting that work pattern would look really bad on you. You don't want to do that, right? But we want to be not sycophantic, but we want to placate, right? We want to placate the boss, make sure everything's cool because maybe that opportunity is there. But the truth is that is a form of ego talking to us. And that's a story that I can share with you guys, right? That's a form of ego in that scenario where we're not looking to fulfill our needs. We're actually playing to safety. And if I had to just sum it up in a few words, the ego is it's safety. It's an overemphasis on safety. And that safety could be, it comes in many ways, right? It comes in many ways. The ego part of our personality is designed for safety. And the safety might be very animalistic, amygdala based, right? Reptilian, meaning it could be to puff out your chest when you're scared because you don't want people to see you vulnerable. They don't want to, that's an ego trip right there, right? We got to get past that. It could be something a bit more cerebral where you shut down if your, your ideas aren't being heard the way you thought they would be or received, right? You shut down, right? You do the opposite of doing what maybe you're really intellectual. You do the opposite of what you always thought you would be as an intellectual, which is outspoken. Your ideas are received very well. And I can tell you a story and will about people like that, that I've met in the gym and how we overcame those little barriers. Okay. How we overcame those barriers. That would be a form of ego. Look, not all of us have, all of us have egos. All right. Just from a definition in psychology, but we all haven't been in a space to deflate it. Okay, we all haven't been there just yet, but we are going to get there together. All right, you guys, I can start for me. I want to figure out all the machinations of being a good gym owner. I want to be better at it. I want to expose myself to better ideas than I have. And so all the ideas that I have 
whether they're good, bad, or stupid, right? Somewhere in the middle, I want to be able to receive new ideas from other people and not have that be like a slight to any idea that I did have. That's a checking of the ego that I'm going to start with. Not just that, I also want to make sure that my body, my physical body is constantly being healed. So I'm trying to do things that always build on my strengths and not hurt me, essentially. I don't want to overdo everything inside the gym. Finding that balance is tough, right? What do you guys want to accomplish? What kind of ego slaying are we going to be doing together? I want you to think about it, all right? I want you to go to egokillershow.com. Leave me a message in that contact box at the bottom and let me know what kind of ego you'll be defeating with me. Let me know how you've done it if you've been confronted. And if you haven't, that's okay. Because maybe right now you're one of the people that doesn't have a giant ego. There's a lot of people like that too. And if you're on that path to just multiple proliferating, unyielding, unbending, badassery, right? Success after success, you're on one. We want those stories also. Share it, right? Share that. Pass that around. Pay it forward, as they say, right? Don't keep all that good stuff to yourself. Pay that forward. And that's what we want out the show. So thank you guys for joining me. This has been Coach Johan's Ego Killer. I'll see you next time.